Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Are Good Enough. This is your host, Kimberly Bell. And today I'm psyched to be with Dr. Annie Powell. Dr. Powell is a friend of mine, and she is also an assistant professor of pediatrics at University of Massachusetts Medical School. Dr. Powell also is clinically practicing medicine in the Division of Adolescent Medicine. She specializes uh, in eating disorders and adolescent gynecology. And Dr. Powell is also um, someone who goes to the same gym that I do, and my daughter has babysat for her beautiful girls, and I am just psyched to be able to have this conversation with you, talk about young women and issues that are going on, and hopefully raise awareness for parents and educators and whoever happens to listen to this, this time for us. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Kim, thank you so much. I have to tell you, I am so very honored to be part of this. I have tremendous respect and admiration for the work that you do and for how much positive energy and love you put out in the world. So it means a tremendous amount to me uh, for you to ask me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. This is going to be, this is going to be fun and insightful. And, you know, I, I like to bring, of course, you know, the whole theme here is you are good enough. So any, anything that I can do, bring some consciousness to the way that we do life, consciousness to the way we treat ourselves, consciousness to patterns of behavior, new perspectives, tools, so that people can walk away from the show feeling inspired and motivated within their own lives, right? Yeah. Because I think we're in a time now of realizing what hasn't worked, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Right? And, and you get to see what hasn't worked often. Mm -hmm. You know, I hate to say it, but if you're a doctor, you're in the business of meeting people when they're typically having issues, right? I mean, there is a just a, a maintenance part of the work that you do and a normal health part, but there's also the component where you're specializing, where you see what happens when there's a breakdown within the human being. Yes. yes. Right. And today yes. we're talking about, I would really love to start talking about young women and, and we all need to be empowered. But I think today, you know, in, with this conversation, I, I'm curious to know what is it that you feel because you see this on a daily basis. What is the biggest challenge that you feel women are facing or experiencing in your practice? You know, it's it's hard to distill it all down to one challenge because there's so many. Yep. But what I really think is at the root mm -hmm. of so many of the different issues is this this crisis of self-worth mm -hmm. of these amazing young people who I'm fortunate to work with who yeah. are doing brave and smart and really bold things in this world and yeah. are giving back to their communities in fantastic ways mm -hmm. who are still unable to appreciate how wonderful they are. Mm -hmm. I grow increasingly concerned Mm -hmm. that in today's society, it is so easy to obtain very quick, immediate mm -hmm. gratification from the outside, mm -hmm. to learning how to, to develop that sense mm -hmm. of appreciating ourselves, loving ourselves from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to totally agree. And so I, I will share that the motivation behind starting this podcast 
is because this is what I believe to be the human condition, not mm -hmm. feeling worthy, not feeling good enough. And so it begins in childhood. It begins in, you know, pediatric medicine. It begins in the home, right? And none of, the, none of this is conscious, I will say, okay? Yeah. Um, we're parents. We're doing it the way it always has been done because there's no manual. And I feel like one of the reasons I'm here is to help us rethink and, and bring consciousness towards the parenting, bring consciousness towards our relationships, being mindful about our relationship and how we affect those who are in our lives, right? Every day, because we, we do. Every single day we affect each other. And, you know, I agree with you. This is a growing, this is a growing concern because we get to see the extremes of behavior. And yes, we do live in a society that's quite loud and more very largely distracting. And yes, we have been taught for some reason that if it takes too long to do something, give up, right? Mm -hmm. And right. so we have this instant gratification, which raises serotonin levels. So we're all addicted to, um, in many ways, I feel, getting that gratification, right? Yes, absolutely. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we've said in our lives that, that help us realize that, yes, you know, we must be more mindful because... Yes. Then, so the truth is like on the inside of the body, yes. if we're always looking outside of ourselves for uh, likes or for, you know, reassurance, mm -hmm. then we've lost our compass, right? Because the navigation system, our core being of ourselves mm -hmm. is what keeps us feeling whole, feeling balanced. It's like the home base for self, right? Um, 100%. Yes. But you see these beautiful people, right? Mm -hmm. Who are giving back to society who are giving in all ways, right? And yet they have not yet learned that they're the most valuable piece mm -hmm. of that process. Yes, yeah. Right? And it is heartbreaking to watch over right. and over. Right, because you can see the beauty. You can hear the eloquence that's coming out of their mouths and the compassion in their heart. And you know, and you- how hard they are right. trying. And how hard they're trying, right? Mm -hmm. So, so and, in a world that is so focused on mm -hmm. the adults, yeah, how do we teach our children? How do we teach our young people yep. to value the journey? Right. And I, and I think that in order for us to value the journey, mm -hmm. we have to have a bigger expansive view, uh, you know, a bigger picture, if you will, mm -hmm. right, of what, what it is that we're here to do, right? Yeah. And, and kind of go backwards, if you will. Agreed. And I think with, with parenting, so Kim, could I speak about Carly for a moment? Please, yeah. Carly's my daughter. <laughs> so I have had the pleasure of getting to know Carly, and I have three daughters who have had the honor of getting to know Carly. And I look to you as such a role model of parenting when... I look at Carly because Carly is extraordinarily kind-hearted, poised, gentle, and so bright. You know, she is just a special being in this world. And you have done such a phenomenal, phenomenal job parenting a young woman in today's world. Thank you. Um, 
So I just, you know, really want to say that when you do this work, when you have these conversations, you, you know this in your heart. Mm -hmm. uh, live it every day with your own family. Wow. I really, I really appreciate that because I, because we don't have the manual and, uh, you know, if, had we not had Carly and I not had a health crisis journey that began for her. Okay. Initially. And then I started not being well as a result of four years in of high, high stress and all that good stuff that plays a part in our health, right? The emotional and all of those things that start to get affected. Um, had I not had the journey with Carly and had I not been able to uncover at the core health wise, what the foundational issue was for her, which ended up being the immune system. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't have been able to help her find her present mind because there was a lot of neurological stuff going on. And so through the uncovering, through the healing process, through all of that, we were able to learn together in, in a sense, but remember I'm mom, right? And she's child. Right. But we learned a lot through that time. And because she was able to start to get more clear thought wise and be more present and I really helped her become more of the advocate for self at a young age, okay? I think that's really important. You know, she talks about, I know that we did a podcast. She talks about a moment when I had um, taken her to a doctor mm -hmm. and we left the doctor and I said to her, I said, how do you feel about this person? Like, mm -hmm. this, is, this is the most important thing is how you feel. Like, I would not want you working with somebody if you didn't feel like you were all in with this person. Mm -hmm. And she remembers the moment so clearly because it, it validated her and how she felt. Yes. Right? And it was probably four years into this process. Well, yeah, about four years into this whole thing where... She wasn't asked. She was poked. She was prodded. Mm -hmm. She was doing skin biopsies just because they needed to get information. There were all kinds of things going on. Everyone was trying to do their best. Okay. All the departments, right. They really did. But because of the medical, um, you know, system and, and how maybe it's structured, you can feel tossed in between departments when nobody has the answer, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, absolutely. So we, we went on this journey and I, I just, after all of it, I remember in 50 doctors later for her as well. And, and finally I asked a question, how do you feel? And that moment I think was pivotal for her. And through that time, she started to own more of her healing process. And, you know, of course I'm learning, right? And we're uncovering as we go, but I can say that I appreciate your words so much for what you said. I have shared with my own daughter that I am learning while I'm mothering, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a, you know, we're trying to figure it out. What do we share with our kids? What don't we share with our kids? What do we mm -hmm. include them in? What don't we? And people are worried that their child are going to grow up, their children are going to grow up without boundaries. And I think the most important thing when it comes to parents, children, is to feel a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. To mm -hmm. feel like we're part of a pack, just mm -hmm. like just like dogs. Okay, yeah. we want to feel included, loved, cherished, for not because we're not being who our parents want us to be, but because they see who we are, and yeah. they love the person. Yes, 
Okay. Do you find that with your own kids? You told, you and I were having a conversation the other day and you yes. said something profound that you had read on some flyer having to do with some town sports. Was, I coached Emily's basketball team for the first time and they provided us with this packet of information about coaching and about how to be a good quote-unquote sports parent and one of the statements in the article stuck with me in such a deep way the article mentioned that they had interviewed adults about their their childhood sports experience and what did they want to hear from their parents what made them feel valued and appreciated? And how often after a game or a performance do we as parents want to encourage our children to do something better, to mm -hmm. take it to the next level? Mm -hmm. And sometimes for kids that can be perceived as, as criticism or as mm -hmm. not the effort that they put forth. And in this article, it said what kids really love to hear was I loved watching you play. And I've tried to make that my mantra whenever I go to a performance or a sporting event or look at a piece of artwork. I am so lucky to be able to witness this part of your life. Mm -hmm. I loved watching you dance. I loved watching you draw. I loved hearing you play the piano. And that, that I... I, for me, was a real educational moment because I think in today's society where there's so much pressure on all of us as parents mm -hmm. to feel like we're giving our kids every opportunity to succeed mm -hmm. and we want to encourage them to be their best selves, mm -hmm. that we don't want to feel like we're dropping the ball mm -hmm. on teaching them academically or athletically, whatever it, it may be. Right. But that might not be what they need from us right. all the time. You know, what they need is exactly what you're saying, which is acceptance, mm -hmm. validation, love. Mm -hmm. And yes, it is our job to establish boundaries mm -hmm. in terms of how do we treat ourselves with respect, right. how do we treat each other with respect and kindness. Mm -hmm. And I also really agree with you that, that modeling is such a big part of that. Mm -hmm. So how... When I talk about this, I often talk about mothers because that's my experience, but I'm mm -hmm. I, sure it rings true for fathers too. Sure. How do we as parents talk about ourselves? How do we treat ourselves? How do mm -hmm. we treat ourselves? Because kids pick up on all of that. Mm -hmm. They do. They're, they're sponges. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt you because you're <laughs> saying a yeah. lot of great stuff. <laughs> but well, um, but and, yeah. You know, when we talk about, about self-worth and building self-worth with young people, part of self-worth is coming to terms with their growing bodies mm -hmm. and the experience of having a human body, the experience of having a human body that is going to change and do all sorts of different things throughout their lives. Right. How do we, as parents, talk about our own bodies? Yeah. Because that is the first message our kids get wow. in terms of how we, how we value our own self. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I want to tell you that, you, <laughs> I don't get triggered that often. I'm getting <laughs> triggered during this podcast. Do you know why? Why? Because you just brought that up and I just flashed back to when I was 12. Mm. Okay. I lost my mom at 12. Oh. And what I struggled with so much was, you know, my changing body 
And I grew up in a family where it, there was, a, it was unconscious, but it was almost shameful mm. to be a woman. As yeah. I'm sitting here, I realized that there's a, like I'm realizing this during this podcast, mm. there was a shame associated with me growing in ways. Mm. There was embarrassment, not just with me, but probably with who was raising me mm. around this, right? And this time, you're with these young people during this time, there's so much confusion. There's so many hormones. There's so much going on. And I'm sitting here thinking, how in the world do our adolescent people today deal in the world we are living in right now? Oh. Like Annie, it's over me. It, yes. It, I feel it, underwater as I talk about this. I feel like I'm in the middle of the ocean. I'm trying to grab for a lifeline and it's raining. It's raining and it's choppy seas as I talk about this. I think that is how we all feel to an extent. So to step back for a moment, I want to say that as a, as a parent, as a human being, yeah. I feel as though I struggle with all of these issues as much as anybody I see in my office. None of this is easy. We yeah. are all human yeah. living this human experience. Mm-hmm. And we, we are. Yes. And it is, it is in our vulnerability that we are able to connect mm-hmm. and we lose that. Exactly. In this, again, in this society of, of wanting to put forth perfect pictures and right. talk about all of our accomplishments. When we connect as people is not when we put up this, this wall, this shell of all right. the things we're totally nailing, right? Like we totally connect agree. on the human experience of trying to figure this out and do our best. Right. Day-to-day. So yeah. I don't think any of this, I certainly don't think any of this is, is easy. Mm-hmm. I think parenting is the most humbling, <laughs> challenging, mm-hmm. albeit magical experience I've, I've been blessed to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to make that point that these are common struggles yeah. across socioeconomic lines, across cultural ethnic lines, across gender lines. Yeah these issues with, with how we speak to our kids, how we raise our kids, how we speak to ourselves and treat ourselves. Uh, I truly have learned that being honored to be a doctor and led into people's lives, that these are, these are common struggles that we all grapple with day to day. So and I, I, yeah. well, when we don't talk about it, when we don't put that vulnerability forward, we can feel lonely in that struggle, which makes it worse. Cause there's this sense that everybody else has it figured out and we don't. Right. Right. That's and I, what everybody believes, right? Right. But yet we're all dealing with the same stuff. We are. And we're all struggling with it. Right. Uh, so I think the power of human connection, mm-hmm. which is why one of the many reasons I admire your work so much, is I think that's a fundamental part of what you do, Kim. Mm-hmm. It is. Yes, is saying, yeah. you know, back to basics, connect with yourselves, connect right. with your humanity, connect with the humanity and other people. Yeah. And you're going to feel more at peace and more joyful. Yeah. There's like no way you can't because what it is, and thank you for sharing all of that. What it, what it really is at the end of the day is the individual foundation of the human being. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's the honoring of the uniqueness of the human being 
in order for us as parents, I will say this is my experience and I do work with parents and I do work with, you know, families, kids. My experience is there's so much worry for the parent about making the mistake, right? Because our world so far has been driven by fear, right? That's what sells, you know, yada, yada. And if you are a parent and you're terrified to make the wrong move, to say the wrong thing, to do the wrong thing, but yet your heart wants to be different. And you might be aware in those moments of when you have this challenge between heart and mind, Mm -hmm. I believe that the heart needs to be listened to more Mm. because we are, I believe we are, you know, spiritual beings having a human experience Mm -hmm. and the heart is the internal navigation system. And actually, from what I understand, the heart has actually more neurons than the brain. Okay. And I know there's, you know, there's talk, there's documentation, there's a lot of scientific basis for this. And if that's true, then that means that we are not honoring, perhaps, a very big part of us. And that's what helps us be compassionate and loving. And we can parent through being compassionate and loving, even if we didn't grow up in those families. But here's, here's the caveat for a lot of people who um, I'm going to say might be more my age, right? Might be in their mid fifties, you know, have already raised the kids or, you know what? No, it's all of us really. Anyone who's parenting. And that is we need to do our own work. If you want to be, it's just like a company. If you want to be a great leader, you must first ask yourself the question, would you want to follow you? Mm -hmm. Right? So would you, right? What kind of parent do you want? What kind of parent did you perhaps fantasize during those Mm -hmm. times when you hated your parents so much? Mm-hmm. You know, and so at, going to the compassionate side, we can all be loving and compassionate and have boundaries. Exactly. So that one of the things my father used to say to me that I valued so much is he would say, any kindness and weakness are not the same thing. It's mm-hmm. quite that there is part of parenting that is about helping our children to develop the skills for them to lead healthy and happy lives. And those skills are not always fun or easy. Mm-hmm. And we can be strong in holding to standards of how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves, how we treat our homes, how we act within our homes, and still live with kindness. They are not exclusive to each right. other. No. Those are, that's quite a wise man there. Um, and it, it, and now I see where you come from, <laughs> you know, and I want to mention that because you are who you are as a doctor, my daughter was drawn to you. Oh, and yes, we did know you from, you know, our gym, right? However, I got to be in the room because she was okay with having me in the room, right? During your consultation. Yes. And I will never forget watching the two of you. And I will never forget the way that you made her feel being okay to say whatever and being okay with saying, Hey mom, could you leave? You know, and, and letting her know there's, 
nothing wrong with her and you really care. Like the way that you got down on her level and you showed her that you really care, I know that you're touching women. I know that. And that's yeah. one reason I asked you on this podcast. You know, yeah. I wasn't expecting to go here now, but thank you. That's I need you to know that you are, you are that light. Okay. And you know what it's like, Annie, when your life sucks, okay, mm -hmm. and you're a kid and it's hard. Mm -hmm. And all you need is one person, right? It could be one conversation you never forget, a teacher you never forget, that person. Mm -hmm. And I really look at you as being, you know, kind of on the front lines like that, if you will, because you're helping these kids find a voice, you know? And thank you so much. That's such, that means a tremendous amount coming from you. So yeah, no, I really, I really admire you and what you do and who you are because you're a doctor, you see, and doctors have had this, we've all thought that if you've got a white coat on, somehow you're an untouchable, right? In ways. And doctors are human beings. Yes. And you're a fantastic example of mother, someone who has hobbies and you're a wife and you PR great way to the gym and you and know struggling just as much as any other parent to figure it out. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and you're and you're a doctor. And look at all the accolades you have. You know, it's like we are all trying to figure mm -hmm. it out. And the vulnerability that you mentioned a while ago mm -hmm. is I think the piece that deeply connects us all, right? It's reala realizing our humanness. I agree. And when we're a parent, we have the opportunity to share with our kids, you know what? I didn't do that right. Mm. Right? Yes. I didn't do that right. I messed up. I wish I could have the moment back again. Here's how I would have done it. But you know what? I can't go back. Right. I can apologize to you mm -hmm. because that's really important. Hmm. I can tell you how sorry I am and that I wished I didn't say that or I wished I didn't do that. How, you know, have the dialogue with our kids to model move on. How to reflect on behavior, to model how to apologize. Yes. How to also, I think, model that it is okay to not have the answers all the time. Yes. And yes. Who does? <laughs> Who does? Uh, and in, in medicine, I think it would be wonderful if everything were cut and dry, as easy to diagnose as strep right. throat, but it's not, especially yeah. when you come to illnesses that have psychological components or are more ill-defined. Right. One of the things I have learned over the course of my career is I will say to patients, I don't know exactly what's going on right now, mm -hmm. but I am going to stick with you through mm -hmm. the process while we try and figure it out and make your life better. And I think with our kids, it's also okay to say, I'm not sure how we're going to move beyond this, but we're mm -hmm. going to do it together. Mm -hmm. You're not going to figure out alone. Right. And we're going to support each other in the process. They're not always looking for answers. They're looking for a shared experience. Yes. Things. So important what yeah. you just said. Um, I just had a <clears throat> mother and daughter in here the other day and, you know, we talked about, you know, I was, I was asking, have we thought about how good of a listener we are as a parent? 
because oftentimes we are focused on telling them, right? It comes from the fear. Want to make sure you know, want to make sure this, want to make sure that. But listen, listening is huge. We can learn a lot from our kids. Mm. And we think of listening as this passive action. Mm -hmm. That we're not doing anything. And I have to, I have to believe or else I wouldn't be able to do the work that I do that listening, bearing witness to Mm. suffering, bearing witness to struggle is therapeutic in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And I think we all know that feeling of just the relief of sharing the burden. Mm -hmm. And our kids need that too. They do. They don't necessarily want us to tell them exactly how to handle the argument with their friend. They Mm -hmm. don't want a lecture on everything they could have done better they want to talk about their experience of navigating their world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? You bear witness like it's your greatest joy when you're in the room with your patient. That's well, it's that an is, honor. It is that is honor. exactly what I witnessed. Yeah. It is an honor to be let in, let into that space. Yeah. It's an honor to to be let into that place uh, where people feel they're most they're most vulnerable. Yeah. Be- scary for us to to let people into that place. So I do I do say that often to my patients I feel so lucky mm-hmm. to be able to sit and hear the truth about what's going on. Yeah. And just saying that out loud now makes me think it's something I moving forward I need to say that to my own daughters more. Right. Yeah, and me too. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, can you say it enough? I don't know. You know, I mean, it's a wonderful thing to know someone's not going to leave you because it gets hard. Okay. Right. I mean, we, we see a lot of people in life that check out when it gets hard because they don't, they're not equipped. Right. But if we learn in childhood that we might not have that answer right now, let's, Mm -hmm. let's let this ruminate a little bit, you know, let's kind of let it simmer and let's talk in a few days and see how we both feel. Right. We can solve anything, anything, but knowing that we're not alone in the process is really comforting. It is. And it's empowering. It's hugely empowering. Because I think young people are often capable of much more than they realize. Oh gosh, and yes. If they feel supported, right? They hopefully will feel more empowered to, to make different choices, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, for themselves and in life and not have to worry so much, you know, about the pressures, you know. I feel like the young kids today have so many pressures on them. I I literally feel like they're a dumping ground in a sense. I mean, that's extreme, but I guess I see a metaphor of a child standing there or a teenager and parents putting this on and this educational system putting that on and I work with some seniors and so we've got colleges now that are putting on and you have to be perfect and you have to be an early entrepreneur and you have to be all of these things right before you graduate. You're so young to be feeling it. It's crazy. They're not getting enough sleep, which 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 is sounds like such a basic thing, but I it is so crucial to the adolescent brain. Yeah. And I talk with my patients about valuing the self. Yeah. Means valuing caring for the, the body and prioritizing the basics. Right. Sleep 
nourishing, eating nourishing foods, moving your body in a joyful way. Mm-hmm. Those things are so often pushed to the side with everything that you're talking about with this constant pressure of school and activities and college and all sorts of sorts of forces pulling them in a million different directions. Yeah. And then, so imagine that you're sitting with Dr. Powell. Okay. And you're hearing what she's saying and you're like, yes, that's that this is true. Then she goes home and her parents are like, I don't, I don't care if you only get six hours of sleep tonight. You have got to get this done. I, I can't deal with this anymore. So then we're taught once again, not to honor self, not to take care of self, right? That's how it goes. And it comes from a fear place of mom and dad, right? From this fear of, are they not going to get into college? Are they not going to have a job? Are they not yep. going to support themselves? Right. And I I get that. I do. Right. We do all understand it. Mm -hmm. Already in my fifth graders were. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But the key is balance. The key is balance of, you know, you're not saying, okay, just don't, you know, don't go to school and don't pursue your education. It's saying, okay, you have put your work in. Yeah. We're going to prioritize also. Yep. For yourself so that you don't sacrifice health and happiness in this process. Right, yeah, and, and, and that's cool. You know, I just realized too that my dad was always saying, okay, one of the, um, the most amazing things that he shared with me was the importance of sleep. And it's true, right? It because true. that's when we regenerate on all levels and that's the only time we can do it, is sleep. Yes, and for teenagers, it's, all that more important correct brain development during that phase of life right so, so yeah your dad was right on the money with that <laughs> he was uh, on that he was right on the money <laughs> that's another podcast yeah but so one of the other things can i talk to a lot of my high school students uh, or college students about is a life lesson i came to through my own education i was you know, fairly type A and like to succeed at a high level through my schooling. Mm -hmm. And I always knew I wanted to get into medical school and it was very important to me. And I had always thought that the way to push myself was to not be nice to myself Mm. if I wasn't doing as well as I wanted to. So throughout, especially college, really not prioritizing self-care, you know, a lot of stress. And then I got to medical school when it's not, you know, you've been accepted. It's obviously important to study hard and learn the material well, but there wasn't that pressure of getting into medical school. Mm -hmm. And I studied in a very different way. I slept a lot more. I was much nicer to myself in the learning process. And I understood material so much more deeply and I performed at a higher level academically than I ever had. And it was fascinating to me. So I talk to my patients a lot that this, this negative energy that we use to fuel ourselves to succeed isn't always the best way that we can get those results that we want actually with a lot more joy and even more efficacy through self-compassion. 
that's the key to life, Annie. What you just said. <laughs> no. That so, it just hard to figure out, though, Kim. That's that's amazing. I want to just say that's amazing. You're able to do the experiment without realizing you were doing an experiment. Okay, <laughs> um, you're such a doctor. Um, but what's interesting about that is I like to, and this is the work I do. The more you give to yourself. Mm. Right. And I, and I say this, you can't give to another that which you don't first give to yourself first and foremost, mm -hmm. I don't care who you are, yes. you know, ask yourself the question, are you trying to give somebody something you don't give to yourself? Because if you are, it can't sustain, right? So oxygen mask first, I don't know who said that, right? But that's true. Those are the instructions. There you go. And it is so fundamental. It's profound. Yes. It's profound. And that's in all areas of life and everything builds from us. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got to see, and here's the fear, because I want to say that my, I don't think my daughter will mind that I share that she too can fall into the pattern of not, or used to, I guess I would say, not being nice to self, making self pay. And I guess maybe we all do, right? Because I have to make self pay because I didn't do ABC. Right. Right. If I didn't lose 10 pounds, I'm going to make myself pay for that. And it could show up a number of different ways. Right. The truth is the kinder you are to self, the more loving you are to self, the happier you will be, the more your life will work, mm -hmm. the more you'll feel peaceful. Mm. And through that, you become more of your own friend. You become more of your own advocate, your own best friend. Because when we have ourselves in our corner, which most people aren't in their corner, they're in everybody else's corner, I would like to say. Mm -hmm. So when we come back to ourselves, the key is always coming back to self, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm sitting with you and you tell me I need sleep and mom and dad are like on me about getting this thing done tonight, I'm, I, maybe I'll find the words to be able to walk into the family room when I know they're watching TV and say, can I talk to you for a minute? This yeah. is really hard for me, but I feel like I need sleep. Now, I'm not trying to put this on our young people, but what parent is going to look at their child when they come in like that and say, no, you, you can't sleep, right? Mm -hmm. They may fetch, but there's this common thing that happens. It's called compassion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who hasn't been in that moment before, right? God bless the child who's able to say what they need. God bless the parent who's able to say what they need or the, per the person. Yeah. So, so that's it. I mean, I have, I'm looking at a paper here with a few other questions for you. Is there, is there anything? Cause I want to, you know, we've been going here. We could talk for hours, but I know I could talk to you forever. I, and we, and we could, and I, and I might even have you back to talk about specific things. Oh, that'd be fun. Right. Um, you know, maybe eating disorders or maybe some other things. Right. So what would you, if you could, say anything to the parent, to the educator, what, what might you want them to hear? Because you are on the front lines, if you will, with the kids and you hear, what is it that you want them to know? It's a great question. I'm sorry. Am I putting you on the spot? No, no. What, what is it that I would want them to know? Yeah. If you could, or, or two things, just yeah, what do we I, want to leave our audience with that helps them think or look at something maybe shifts their perspective about parenting? I would answer it in two ways. Okay. So the first, the first thing I would say, and the first thing I, I try to say to parents is your job is incredibly hard. Mm. It feels like it, it's getting harder. 
in today's society because it is getting harder in today's society with the different levels of complexity with our technology and how we interact and the pressures. So going back to your work, Kim, the first thing I often tell parents is to take some time to take care of themselves Mm. so that they can be their best selves for their kids. The other thing that I would say is it is often when kids make it hardest to love them that they need the most love. And it is so hard to not get into control struggles. Power struggles. Power struggles, exactly. And if we can take it back in those moments Mm -hmm. to, I love you so much. I feel like you're in pain. Mm-hmm. let's sit, put our phones away and try and connect before we like move, try and move beyond this. Wow. So I think that's really, you know, to talk about, I really want parents to know that they're doing brave, noble work mm-hmm. that's underappreciated mm-hmm. and that their kids are in this confusing, mm. uh, high pressure loud world and that it what is more therapeutic to them than anything are feelings of love and acceptance yeah beautifully said that's awesome thank you i i really appreciate it i've just really enjoyed our time it's funny how (laughs) i remember a moment when carly was small and i was in the kitchen cooking dinner and this is the way it is with you know any mother who stays home or any parent who stays home and they're cooking dinner um, or they're at home. And that's usually crazy time, right? In any, any household. Um, Absolutely. Right. So I remember just being at the end of my rope one day. Mm. And, um, of course the kids want you when you, when you don't have time and when you don't want them at all, you just said exactly what, what the truth is. Right. Absolutely. And, um, and I had this moment where I kept trying to push them away, but they kept coming back and it was becoming more and more and more irritating to me. And I said, okay, Kim, try something new. Mm. So I stopped what I was doing. I turned the boiling pot of water on the stove off. I got down on level with Carly. And I remember she just wanted, she just wanted me and I stopped everything I was doing. And I said, I love you. Mm. And I would love to be able to spend some time with you right now, Mm -hmm. but I have to cook. Can you do blah, blah, blah. Instead of pushing her away and telling her, you know, fetching, right? Leave me alone. (laughs) And that was enough for her. I think you're right. I think those, those moments when our kids are pushing us away, Okay. And you can feel the disconnect and you can feel the hate. You hear the hate. They might even say the word. Mm-hmm. That's the time parent to rise up mm-hmm. and let your kids know that you are not leaving them. You are going to be with them on this journey, whether they hate you or not, or love you or not, whatever that word is. Okay. But you're there. You're there. You can't unparent a parent, right? <laughs> oh, so, right. So, um, and, and that will soften that child and how they feel. You might not see it that moment. No, you but might not see it that year. <laughs> you might not. But you will see it. I promise you that. It's there. It's, it's in there. there. And it will matter. Yeah. Totally agree. This is awesome, wonderful, so much fun to be with you. And you're so wise and wonderful. I love getting to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I want to say goodbye to all of our viewers. Thanks so much. 
and we will see you soon.